Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Today, we continue our fantasy final series with a look at Mr. Devontae Adams. Packers wide receiver one, the NFL's wide receiver one. I truly believe he was the single best wide receiver on the planet last year. And don't give me the Jerry Rice, Randy Moss are still alive. I get it. People playing professional football, there was not a better wide receiver than Devontae Adams in the year 2020. And it was funny how people kind of were doubting him before the year. Not that he was, you know, going against the world. I get it. Only Michael Thomas was ranked ahead of him on most, you know, experts charts. Some people, a shout out, I think Rich Rebar, my guy actually had Devonte as the number one uh, guy throughout the off season. But the one kind of issue, quote unquote issue with Devonte was people will go to the, well, he's only surpassed 1000 yards, two seasons of his career. Never mind that he finished with 997 twice and what an unfortunate feat that was. He actually, I'm looking up this stat right now, but we got to consider calling, you know, finishing with between 990 and 999 yards. I should probably just be called a Devante at this point because he has had two of those and the rest of uh, the NFL players in history have never had uh, more than one. So that is true. He is the only player in NFL history to finish with between 990 and 990 receiving yards in more than one season. So if you see that again, call it a Devante. Thank me later. Luckily, we don't have to have this ridiculous argument again because last year in just 14 games, might as well have been, you know, 13 and a half. He left pretty early in that first Lions matchup. 115 catches, 1,374 and geez, 1,374 yards and count them. 18 touchdowns, everybody. Absolutely absurd performance. And he did it in style. I mean, I'm hoping this uh, is what the quote they pull from this podcast for the quote tweet traffic. Here we go, everyone. Devontae Adams is the best route runner in the professional football league. I believe it. Who are we going to put ahead of him? Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, probably not Michael Thomas. All you seem to hate him. I don't think it's a, you know, ridiculous statement. Stefan Diggs deserves to be in that conversation. You know, perhaps I'm just forgetting the biggest uh, red flag ever with it. You know, I think Julio, while he does have some great route running, get some guys in the shadow realms and all that. I don't think he's quite top one. DeAndre Hopkins should be in there. Good thing I remembered him. I think that pretty much does it for the main ones. Justin Jefferson's probably already making a name for himself and, you know, going through the list, shout out Calvin Ridley doing good things as well. But yeah, I feel confident saying Devontae Adams is the best route runner alive. And one of the things that you'll notice if you watch Devontae play, he just, he makes it look so easy and he takes guys off the screen. I mean, one stat I'm going to try to start tracking next year is called shadow realms. It's when the play happens, receiver catches the ball. They're wide open when they catch it. And you're like, oh man, like what just happened? What move did he just get that corner on? You go to the wide receiver cornerback ISO cam. You're seeing the wide receiver. He deeks the cornerback out of his shoes and he catches the ball with the cornerback off the television screen, hence in the shadow realm and uh, at the catch point. So but Devontae Adams, in my opinion, was top three in that last year. Unofficial stat will work on making it somewhat more official in 2021 and beyond. But just realize there was not a better wide receiver than Devontae from last season. And that's, you know, true by both the volume and really the efficiency stats as well. I mean, that was the most ridiculous part. Adams averaged 2.96 yards per out run in 2020. That's only been topped by Julio Jones now three times, but only Julio Jones since 2015 with among all wide receivers with at least 50 targets. So it's just so rare to see a wide receiver put up this sort of volume and maintain that level of efficiency. I mean, in basketball, okay, we have the freaks like Steph Curry who can, you know, take some of the most three pointers in the league and still maintain the high end efficiency. That's basically what Devonte did. I mean, it wouldn't even be, 
fair to like knock the guy if he did have his have his efficiency fall off because of all the volume he's getting 149 targets last year it just wasn't the case and the fact that he only dropped two of those targets including the playoffs on 143 catchable passes absolutely wild so overall nobody had a higher threat rate than Adams which all that is is targets per route run Adams was number one for some reason Braxton Barrios was number two Antonio Brown number three still one of my favorite stats from the offseason so we all get it Devontae Adams was incredible last season there would be no doubt I could probably end this podcast right now and just say he's a wide receiver one and move on if it wasn't for the giant elephant in the room that being whether or not Aaron Rodgers will be back in 2021 he did not show up for minicamp seems like he wants to be traded or he might just retire and go host jeopardy I don't know 2021 hell of a time to be alive I get it. Losing Aaron Rodgers would be objectively terrible news for everyone involved in this offense. The good news, at least in terms of Devontae Adams' fantasy stock, is that we have seen this situation occur before. And that was in 2017 when Aaron missed time due to a broken collarbone. And this led to Adams being Brett Hundley's number one receiver for eight games. In those eight games, people, he finished as the PPR wide receiver 12, the wide receiver 80 on just five targets, the wide receiver 26, the wide receiver 12, the wide receiver nine, the wide receiver 11, the wide receiver 43 on just six targets. And finally, the wide receiver three overall working as the PPR wide receiver 12 during the stretch. The only bad games came when he couldn't even get six targets. And remember this was 2017. This was like shortly after a lot of people just didn't even believe in Devonte to begin with. Cause if you remember his first two years in the league only scored four total touchdowns, just had atrocious yards per target marks. He was looking like a bus and he came back in 2016 997 yards and 12 scores, but it wasn't like a given that Devontae was going to be this awesome number one receiver for years to come as early as 2017. The fact that he proved that without Aaron Rodgers and with a bad quarterback in Brett Hundley, I mean, you look at his numbers that year, he was a bottom 10 signal caller just about any way you want to dice it up. The fact that Devontae was still a wide receiver one in that stretch tells you all you need to know about his talent. But I think the 2021 version of Devontae is better than the 2017 version. And on top of that, he's looking at probably... I would say Jordan Love, we can at least feel somewhat confident that he's better than Brett Hundley. He's probably not going to be any worse. Again, Hundley was anyone's idea of a fairly awful quarterback when he was under center. And not just that, but I think we'll see less issues in the volume department. I mean, look, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Alan Lazard, even Amari Rogers, like these are fine guys, but they're not Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. Like those were the incumbent guys that Devontae was battling for targets for in 2017. It would make sense if Jordy and Randall continue to get targets. And they did during that stretch. I don't think we're going to see that same, you know, sort of mindset towards guys like MVS and Lazard this year, if Jordan Love winds up being under center. So a little bit of a projection, but I guess the point is our best case for Devonte Adams is he gets Rogers back under center. He will once again, be the consensus wide receiver one in the entire industry. The worst case is Rogers gone, which sucks, but we're still looking at a guy that PFF and our projections right now projects to have the single most targets in the league. We're looking at not a QB upgrade, definitely a QB downgrade from Rogers, but a QB upgrade over what we saw last time in 2017 when he still worked as a wide receiver one. And we're going to see more volume than we probably saw in 2017 as well. So I think Devonte, you know, it's a situation where, yeah, I wish we had some more certainty surrounding what he's going to do, but I just don't even think there's this big drop off for him. They're not as big as some people might think if worse comes to worse and Rogers isn't even under center. So you add it all together and it takes us to our PFF Lily stat. Nobody has more receiving touchdowns than Devonte Adams over the past five 
five years. He is at 58 people. The next closest player, Tyree kill all the way down at 47. That is specifically receiving touchdowns. So please, you know, get off my back. Okay. Sorry. I kind of messed it up, but receiving touchdowns, Adams has a full 11 more in the next closest player. And, you know, to me, you can take your yards, Julio Jones. He deserves to be, you know, top two wide receiver of the past decade. If you want to say one, that's fine. I'd probably give the nod to Antonio Brown. If we're just sticking on the on-field production because points win football games, you play to win the game points do that. I think scoring touchdowns should be, you know, just not prioritized, but if it's two players that are equal and one has an extra two touchdowns, the other one has an extra hundred yards. Give me the guy with the extra touchdowns eight days of the week takes me to my ranking. And Devante is holding still as my wide receiver one until we know for sure that Rogers will be gone. Gun to my head. I still do believe Aaron Rodgers will be back in green Bay. We'll see a lot of smart people have been saying, you know, that that won't be the case. I just don't know. Like where, where do we draw the line with this? Everyone. Cause I got burnt on the Julio Jones trade talks. I did not think he'd be leaving. He did. And then with people like, you know, Mac Jones, we, we talked on this podcast about that. I was, you know, trying to stay strong and firm. They're like, no, this does not make sense for Mac Jones to go number three. But then when we have the Schefters, Daniel Jeremiah's and all these guys that are way more tuned in the league than I am going with it, it's tough to tell. So whether it's a smoke screen, whether it's truly as bad as everyone's making out to be, I don't know. For right now, Rodgers is still employed by the Green Bay Packers. I'm assuming that's the case until proven otherwise. And that's why Devontae still sits as my wide receiver one. Same tier at the top as Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins. If you want to take any of those guys before him, I am not faulting you. We have seen Tyreek and Diggs start to creep ahead of him. He is current, I mean, uh, Devontae is currently the wide receiver three in ADP over at Underdog Fantasy. But I guess the big thing with him, like, I'm not dropping him hardly at all if worse comes to worse. I mean, when the Titans added Julio Jones, I had to bump A.J. Brown from number two to number 10, I believe. If Aaron Rodgers leaves, like, Adams is not leaving my top five, top six. He is still the undisputed number one pass game option with the potential to have a target total that starts with a two. I mean, I would say, you know, again, right now, Adams, I think, needs to be in the top four, top five, worst case. But even removing Rodgers from the equation, I still think we're looking at a guy in the wide receiver five to nine territory. I have Ridley outside of that just top big four as my wide receiver five. I think I would probably put Adams ahead of Ridley. It'd be close. Maybe wide receiver six because Ridley has Matt Ryan obviously there's much more to be seen about you know the Jordan Love experience and all that but we're still looking at Adams removing the quarterback from the situation he's one of the best receivers in the league we know that from efficiency and just watch the freaking film standpoint again in my opinion the best route runner alive we know he's a baller and he has just less target competition than freaking anybody at this point so my next tier it's like Keenan Allen DK Metcalf Michael Thomas I think Devontae deserves to probably be at the top of that group because Thomas has obviously some QB concerns in his own right switching uh, with the switches going on under center Metcalf probably doesn't have the same overall target ceiling as Devontae and more of a run first offense and Lockett also being there. And Keenan Allen, I just think that, you know, Devontae is a little bit better at this point. Keenan and also has a little more competition around the offense with Mike Williams. So Keenan and Devontae is pretty close. I'd say maybe I'm a little lower on Keenan, maybe get him in that wide receiver seven spot. But that's the tier that I think Devontae would fall into. It wouldn't be this big, you know, falling out of the top 12 option. Again, 
in a far worse situation with more competition in the offense with a worse version of Devonte and likely a worse quarterback than Jordan love Devonte still turn, returned wide receiver one value. And there's a lot to be said about having that sort of a floor from someone you're using, you know, one of these top one or two round picks on, I think Devonte can still be prioritized in fantasy football drafts of all shapes and sizes with or without Aaron Rodgers. Yes, we want a Aaron back, but if not, I still think Devontae is good enough to be okay. Uh, moving on, the rest of the receivers. MBS is one of these guys that, you know, wait for it, is better in best ball. Uh, big games last year included 96 yards, one touchdown performance, 53 yards, two touchdowns, 149 yards, one touchdown, 85 yards and a touchdown, 87 yards and a touchdown in the NFC Championship, 115 yards and a touchdown. So MBS, I mean, look, the drops suck. I get it. It's almost hysterical sometimes seeing him drop a deep ball and then they cut back to Roger's face and just how pissed off he is in the situation. So I get it, but he is going so cheap and like, God forbid this dude ends up improving a little bit and just holds on the ball more emerges as more of a, you know, intermediate threat, as opposed to just this one trick pony field stretcher. I think MBS is still being priced far closer to his floor than his ceiling uh, in terms of Lazard. I'm just not sure how long he's going to hold on to the job ahead of Amari Rogers. If I had to guess, I think they kind of cancel each other out and Lazard is a little bit on his way out of green Bay. So Amari Rogers is someone that I think fits great here. Like, please just give him the prime Randall Cobb role. Let him line up in the backfield, let him, you know, get these design touches and screens and all that. He'll be great with the ball in his hands. I'm just not so convinced as a rookie and with the, you know, incumbent starter Lazard who just, even if he's not the most impressive receiver, which he's fine. I mean, that Saints game last year was great. I just think he knows the offense. He can block well. He does all those sort of things. That's going to make it tough for a rookie like Rodgers to immediately get on the field. And also Robert Tunyon, top 10 tight end, as long as Rodgers is going to be there, that will fall mightily if Rodgers is gone. The one crazy stat I do have with uh, Tunyon that I'll read for you guys real quick. So basically, targets began being tracked in 1992. Since then, Tunyon is the only player with more touchdowns and incompletions on a 50-plus target workload. And he was plus six last year, got even more crazy. Uh, just That is including the playoffs. 66 targets, 60 completions, 668 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns, six incompletions, and not a single drop. Shout out Robert Tunyon, you know, someone that I think a lot of guys just attribute to being a product of Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, I don't think he would be put on those numbers anywhere else than green Bay just realize, I mean, even if you're freaking uh, Travis Kelsey, you're going to have a hard time, you know, having more touchdowns and incompletions in the course of a given season. So hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please give a heads up to the rest of our podcast network, which covers everything NFL college and fantasy football. You can recap the NFL draft with Mike Renner and Austin Gales two from one draft podcast or get all of 2021 betting content you need with the PFF forecast. And when you're out there on those underdog streets this summer, everyone, please go over to underdog fantasy. Deposit $10 using promo code PFF and get a free PFF edge in your subscription. That's promo code PFF draft now at underdog fantasy. Last note before we get out of here, had a fun Twitter exchange with my guy, Kyle Williams at bet on the game on Twitter. Kyle disagreed with what I was saying about Joe Mixon. He is far from the only one. And you know, I've made my thoughts on him clear. You can check out that fantasy file for the full one. I won't, you know, bore you with a Mixon rant at the end of a Devonte Adams uh, uh, podcast, but basically went back and forth, no mean words, not, you know, ripping me apart or anything like that. And eventually Kyle just said, Hey, let's put 50 bucks on the line. If Mixon is a top 10 RB, 
and half PPR. He'll donate $50 to a charity of my choice will probably be the ACPA, whatever that real sad dog one is. I just can't, can't help but give money to them every time I see those damn commercials. But if I'm wrong, Mixon is not a top 10 RB and half PPR. I'll donate 50 bucks to Kyle's charity. All right. Easy way to end a not hostile argument. And it's just good to see. I, I love when the fantasy community is able to get behind some of these charities. We see it, you know, when players kind of indicate their favorite charities at the end of the season, obviously Scott Fishbowl does a great job every single year. Uh, I, I really like the moves, you know, put the money where your mouth is on fantasy Twitter with charity, because it wasn't exactly where my mind went at first, but I was like, you know what? Yeah, it's a good move. I'm going to sit here and bark about a guy like this. And someone wants to put a charity on the line as a way to get a little skin in the game. Sounds good to me. So if anyone else out there, you know, just hates one of my takes bad enough and you feel so confident about it, put 50 bucks in a charity on the line. We'll see what happens. So thank you as always for tuning in to PFF fantasy football podcast, new episodes every single day throughout the summer. We'll continue sprucing this baby up until July, August, September, back in the season. I just want all of you to win your fantasy leagues and make some money while doing so. So again, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, take care, everybody. 